0: Hello, I'm Dylan. And I'm Keon. And this is Zenith, that podcast that's not infallible. It's just never failed because this week we've watched Assassin. Written by
1: Rod Beecham.
0: Directed by David Sullivan Proudfoot.
1: And aired on November 9th, 1981.
0: Yeah, so again, interseason era of Doctor Who, but this is Rod Beecham's first and only script for Blake 7.
1: Yeah, and it's. It's. Would you call this good? I think this was a good episode.
0: Uh, I was thinking about this when I finished it. I think this episode was good, but the one word I did use to describe this entire episode is lazy. Really? I think this episode was lazy. I think acting wise, directing wise, editing wise, I think everyone was just really lazy when they made this. This story, I feel like there was like a brilliant like masterpiece <laughs> in this script, and I think everybody just like really not dropped the ball so much as was just kind of like this wasn't their best foot forward for the script.
1: I don't think it was ev- everybody. I I I agree with that, and I would definitely point towards Glennis Barber <laughs> as a big part of that, and who and uh, gosh, I, I mean, I, I, I actually would... looked up her name, but I forgot who played Peary slash Cancer.
0: Well, so. Carolyn Holdaway. Caroline Holdaway. Yeah. I mean, I would point to Paul Darrow as well. Not in every scene, though. There are definitely scenes where Paul Darrow is giving his A-game, but there are also definitely scenes where he's, like, really just kind of just coasting, kind of. It's kind of almost like everyone's just resting on their laurels on this episode, it feels like. And I want to talk about that more while we talk about the plot of this episode because I'm kind of frustrated by this episode because, again, I can see this, like, masterpiece within the scripts. Like, I can see it there, and everyone is just, like, just they're like on the cusp of they're it. like they're on the cusp of greatness <laughs> and they just they're not they're just not quite there. That's my assessment of this episode. And I don't you know, yeah. you don't have to agree, but it's no, just I, kind of like
1: I mean, I pretty much do. This episode is like when I finished this episode I was like and I've been thinking about this for a few weeks in terms of in terms of specifically Zenith, but I was like, "All right, it's probably time for Blake seven to end." not like i wouldn't like a uh, you know a reboot or a new season or anything but yeah like,
0: i mean this episode is like our episode on animals right our episode on animals was like we just strayed pretty far from the plot i of just resting on our loyals. Eh? you know i don't want to be like too self deprecating about this <laughs> but
1: <laughs> like yeah but luckily both this podcast and blake 7 will be ending soon or this podcast's coverage of blake 7 yeah <laughs> <laughs> blake 7 is already long over Anyone out there who still thinks they're keeping it alive? You're not. No, you are. You are. (laughs) Fans are actually keeping Blake Seven alive, which is good. Which is good. No, yes, it's it's good.
0: Get down to it. That includes us. Yeah. So basically, the story opens uh, with Villa actually kind of being the instigating force in the plot, which is. it's nice for a change,
1: but also Villa doesn't do Jack for the rest of the episode, so I can kind of see why yeah. they gave him this moment.
0: Dana, da, Dana too, but Dana does more than Villa, because yeah. she does get kind Dana of... Dana has an, like one She gets a nice scene. little scene yeah. where they bring back her kind of antagonism towards Silverland, but then again, she just kind of...
1: vanishes. <But, sighs> yeah, but this... Her Kaiser Soze moment. <laughs> <laughs> But we'll talk about that scene when we get there. I mean, that was a cool the scene. The final actually.
0: note I have written down for this episode is, wait, where did Dana go? <laughs>
1: <laughs> She's there in the final moments, serving notice, that red Notice drink. how it wasn't,
0: what. where did Villa go? Because Villa apparently at this point is such an inconsequential character that <laughs> I didn't really even notice he was gone. But Dana. Dana.
1: Well, right, it opens with Villa. He has intercepted well, a message from ORAC has intercepted yeah, yeah. a message okay. and
0: villa just happens to be the one nearby <laughs> when orak did it
1: and decides to take the credit for it but it's a it's a coded message it's servlan saying something she's saying domo
0: the ninth five subjects domo Warigato, oh, and cancer
1: mr what I think what if it was just Servland like singing in the shower or something like that yeah
0: Villa hasn't even listened to the message like I oh, gather around I found a message from Servland and he plays it and it's just her going Domo Arigato no it's in the her
1: distant star
0: <laughs> in the shower <laughs> Avon just gives Villa a sister what is it a menacing look <laughs> Avon has a really killer like insult to Villa in <laughs> just a couple minutes here that I want to bring up but She's saying, uh, ca- I don't remember if she says cancer. She says, Cancer, Domo, the ninth, five subjects. And for a second, I was like, is she giving them all cancer? Is that <laughs> is that what's going to happen here? But then, no, it's cancer as in the crab. I should know that because my astrological sign, if you care, is cancer.
1: Oh, man, what does that say about you? Okay, no. I don't no. know. No, But no, I picked no. up a book in no. de- uh,
0: December last year that was like, astrological predictions for the entire year of 2018 <laughs> so i flipped to cancer and i was like you will find love in a scorpio and i'm like huh interesting
1: so i don't believe in any of that stuff
0: but mercury's in retrograde dude that means that <laughs> i don't know what that what means does that mean? <laughs> i don't no, know
1: I, don't, I truly don't believe in any of that stuff astrology throw it in the trash And I'm not like a hard science type guy, but like, I don't believe it. I mean, that. I don't believe it
0: either, but <laughs> just the way you said that is really funny to me for some reason. But anyway, they kind of talk about this for a second and Avon's like, yeah, I know of cancer. And they're like, oh, who is he? And he's like, oh, he's, I don't want to use the word infallible, but he's infallible. Right, and, Avon
1: and, says that he doesn't know what cancer looks like, his age, yeah, anything about cancer other than what he does which is that kill he's an people assassin
0: tarrant is like well okay you're not one to <laughs> use the word infallible and then uh, avon says okay well then i won't he just has never failed <laughs> wow.
1: i want to bring up this moment also with dana where right after they hear the message from Servalan, dana goes like well that's just gibberish it means absolutely nothing I was like to you dana well, what Did was you? nice
0: about this scene is that everybody kind of pitches in. Uh, Sulin is the one who says that Domo is a planet that right. they sell slaves. Yeah, Avon's Sulin. the one who pops in the cancer comment. Uh, I think Tarrant is the one who points out that there's five of them on the Scorpio. Right, right. And also that the ninth is a date. Ninth of what? I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, Sulin is finally Earning doing stuff, keep. contributing to the story. Even though I would say this is... Glen Barber not really giving her all probably but still I mean it's kind of it's nice I guess also we should mention the trend of giving Dana a lot more makeup with every <laughs> subsequent story you notice that I mean it looks like they just
0: it is increasing yeah and you know, it's like subtlety is the Subtlety is key here, guys. You don't need to go that overboard. I remember her makeup, like, I don't remember. I think it was at the start of the season that was just kind of the blue and aquamarine, and that looked really nice, and now it's just...
1: And we mentioned that. It's like, oh, Dana's wearing, like, some noticeable, you know, makeup.
0: Yeah, but that looked, like, really good in that episode because it, like, really matched well with her outfit, and now it's like they're going to go go a little overboard. Yeah, We should actually mention before we get too far that everybody's outfit has changed as well in addition to that.
1: Yeah, and, you know, plenty of people have written in, and I've seen this online as well, is, like, the, the beginning of Series D outfits are their best outfits, like, on the yeah. show. I'm like, yeah, I agree with that. Going yeah, they from got way worse. This, yeah. <laughs> and Villa and Tarrant are wearing almost what looks like almost the same thing, I think.
0: Yeah. Avon's is pretty similar to his previous outfit. It's still all black. It's a different design, though. Yeah. and just to show you how unmemorable their outfits were I cannot remember for the life of me what Dana and no, Sue Lin's outfits look like
1: Sue Lin's looks pretty similar if I remember correctly as for what Sue Lin's hair is doing she's got week? it down this week yeah
0: so uh, which I was surprised she hadn't done before
1: <laughs> she had I think maybe I don't know I don't remember
0: this is where Avon gets in his killer punch in the gut with Villa because he's <laughs> like five subjects you can use your fingers Villa <laughs> Which I thought was just hilarious. I was like, hey, that's not nice. But anyway, we get some wipes. Like, wipes as transitions, which is like a first for Blake's... Actually, you know, we've had one wipe before, I think. But this whole episode is just littered with... We have diagonal wipes. We have circle wipes. We have yeah. side wipes. And it's, it's like, overwhelming. <laughs>
1: Again, Series D feels like, you know, what if we made Blake seven made it Star Wars.
0: Yeah, this episode feels very <laughs> Star Wars. Especially with those wipes that really caught me off guard the first
1: time the first one happened. I was like, whoa, wait, was that a wipe? Then it happened again. I'm like, is this episode gonna be filled with yeah. wipes? Yeah, the the wipes very Star Wars esque. The ships very Star Wars esque. Oh yeah, Silverland's
0: a- ship is like super Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, this is
1: the same ship that she's had that she had a couple episodes ago. But we get a much better view yeah. of
0: it in this story. Yeah
1: we do. Also the I am cancer moment. <laughs> you know. I am cancer.
0: Yeah. I saw that coming from a mile away, though. Yeah, I did too. Although I didn't realize it would be her until Richard Herndahl's character eats it because I thought it was either going to be her or him. The reason why I thought it could be him is because he...
1: Oh, really? You thought it was going to be... Huh? Well, because... Uh, ne- ne- what was his name? Nevax? Nevax?
0: Well, because there is kind of a... A Nebrox. There's kind of a dropped plot thread when... I don't want to jump ahead too much, so I won't explain it too much, but when Avon's asking Nibrox for information on Serverland and he says that she came down to the planet, but then Niebrok says something like, "Oh yeah, she left yesterday." and he says, "You can totally trust me." And then we like cut to Servaland still on the planet. He, like uh, he, he lies about Servaland leaving, and that to me, like caused suspicion on him, yeah, like, but he, as soon as he's introduced, once he eats it, though, it's like, okay, but well
1: he, he's actually he's talking about cancer there. And you don't really I thought get he was that. talking about Servalan. No, no, he's thing. talking about cancer, and then like that's why like retroactively you get that because cancer is is Peary, not um the whatever the other guy's name was.
0: <laughs> yeah, the guy so was. So she was
1: actor. the woman in all black. Yeah, the other guy was just a, a, an actor sold as a slave, but she was the woman in all black that he was referring to. But it's set up to where you think it's servaland.
0: Yeah, but I mean he says that whole line, like, Well, you can definitely trust yeah, me, <laughs> that's Avon. true. And it's supposed to be made out like he's lying, because Servalan also in the story, is wearing all black. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't he, get that, and it was supposed to be... C... What is it? C-P-R-E? B-
1: Piri, Piri? Is
0: her... Piri.
1: That's cancer. probably just a, a pseudonym. pseudonym. We'll probably never learn her real name. Maybe it is just cancer. <laughs> so is now cancer I doubt it. I have cats... <laughs>
0: Yeah, Avon comes up with this ingenious plan,
1: is <laughs> for him and Villa to go down. But then he he knocks it alone.
0: Well, yeah, because he's like, "Well, I'm going to get captured by the slavers, and then like we're going to find out what's going on on this planet." And they take his teleport bracelet off, as you would expect, because it's a Blake Seven story. And the first thing basically every villain does now is steal someone's teleport yeah. bracelet.
1: <laughs> this really reminded me of Cygnus Alpha, where Blake goes into the the prisons and whatever and rescues villain Gan and stuff like that.
0: This really reminds me of Doctor Who, where they had to come up with some nonsense reason why the TARDIS was out of commission every week until they just started to ignore it. It's like they have to come up with a reason why they can't just teleport out of these situations whenever they want.
1: You know what I mean? This worked, you know. They they take the bracelet and stuff like that. Yvonne is a really good actor in this scene, better than uh, better than Cancer is at, at pretending to be an innocent young woman. And you gotta, I I I just wondered in this scene, you know, you gotta you gotta sort of wonder like. Did Avon real, like when Avon was just a computer programmer, like before he got involved in criminal activity, did it ever cross his mind that he would be at the far reaches of the galaxy, like doing all this stuff, you know? No.
0: <laughs> he wanted to just get a lot of money and then retire. Yeah. <laughs> she was cursing Blake right now. I was like, damn it, Blake got me into this shit. Now I'm going to be uh, caught by hey, the like slave game. He got himself
1: into this when he decided to embezzle money. Or actually just rob banks yeah it wasn't embezzling it wasn't it was just in, yeah, robbing it was just robbing
0: hey it would have worked too if it weren't for those meddling kids
1: and I mean, that, that meddling generation, he... that meddling sellout anna <laughs> well anna di- <laughs> anna dies so well she anna gets dies her just
0: desserts but anna wasn't the reason why why he ends up getting caught in the end because he You know, they end up finding him, if you'll remember, back to like the way back, not the way back, the second episode, Spacefall, where he was like, oh, yeah. They like kneel him because they're like, you're the second best computer program in the galaxy. And Blake's like, well, who was the first? And then Villa, I think, is like the one who caught him.
1: (laughs) Yeah, isn't that like somewhat retcon with Anna where she's like an agent or something like that? and they bring up the whole thing of, like, he was trying to get his visa or whatever. <laughs> kind of, but he actually like, yeah. escapes in that yeah, 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 in yeah. that
0: little historical segment. He gets his visa and, and leaves and is able to escape.
1: Yeah, all right.
0: He gets away that time, but not for long. <laughs> Federation always finds him. Although, uh, there is a kind of contradictory thing where Anna's like, man, I really thought you were dead. He's like, I was in freaking Federation captivity for, like, a month Jesus, Anna, don't you keep up with the Federation activities?
1: (laughs) God, Anna. (laughs) God, Anna. How could you be so stupid?
0: (laughs) How could you be so dense? (laughs) Anyway, there are a lot of weird, like, kind of, I don't know if it's necessarily, like, sexist, but, like, lines in the story that, like, talk about gender roles
1: yeah yeah there are and I think this is like
0: one of the first episodes of Blake 7 to use the word bitch
1: multiple like, times yeah, multiple and times that's why we pointed out because it's multiple times
0: everybody's a bitch in the story you're a bitch I'm a bitch she's oh, a bitch Oprah
1: God <laughs> we're gonna you get, get you get a car you oh, get a car or whatever
0: Avon gets captured by the slavers and he meets Richard Herndon
1: <laughs> who knew the first this is where the first doctor ended up <laughs> yeah
0: i don't know i was kind of caught off guard to see him there and i think it's one of those cases where like a show gets an actor who's like really famous to guest star on the show and you're like hey i know that actor kind of thing Wakes and he does has a pretty good job some
1: pretty big ish names i mean i did
0: the same thing with colin baker i was like Oh, that's kind of weird to see colin baker in this
1: yeah, what's weird to me is I haven't really seen Richard Herndahl in anything other than him playing the first Doctor after uh, Hartnell passed away. Mm-hmm. So it was weird seeing like... This is pretty bad. No, yeah. like his look is... That's just his look. That wasn't like done to make him look like the first Doctor slash William Hartnell. Just that's how just he how looks. he looks. Like
0: I thought it was William Hartnell for a second. I was like, is that? No, it can't nah. because this is 80... This is what? 82, 81. 81. And then I was like, oh, it's... It's good man Herndall yeah. going about his business. But oh. he does a he
1: does a great job, I think. Yeah, in he term, does. Yeah.
0: He's one of the best actors in this story. He's one of the few that isn't being really lazy with everything. Yeah. The actor who plays Cancer, uh, what's his name now? I looked him up because I recognized him. Uh, John Wyman or huh. Woman. He uh, he was in the James Bond movie. And now I'm forgetting which one it, it was. It was one of the huh. later ones, but he played kind of the villain in one of the later James Bond movies. Yeah, I was
1: going to say he looks like someone who's who's often typecast as a villain, and I've never seen him in anything else. But just based on his it was looks. interesting
0: that I recognized him because when he's in that James Bond movie, he didn't have the like beard and facial hair that he had in this. It's so. oh,
1: interesting, uh,
0: but I just thought it was interesting to note that because he's actually kind of a big actor as well, I guess, but. Basically, Nibrox explains that every slave only gets put up for auction twice, and then they kill them because if you don't get bought after the second time, I guess they just don't see your value anymore. That's what Niebrock says. And he's like, this is my second time going up for auction. You got to help me, dude.
1: And Avon says, only if you help me get my bracelet back.
0: Well, first he's or- like, well, I'll think about it," And Nebrox is like, well, then I won't help you. And then Avon's like, okay, I promise I'll take you with me. right. And they get to the auction, which is just in the middle of the desert, a.k.a. Be, the quarry yeah. that the BBC found nearby. It's a quarry,
1: right? I mean, I think the idea is that this area is supposed to be desert. Yeah. I think you can kind of see the tops of the trees poking <laughs> up behind the, the horizon. Uh, but it's effective. I think yeah. it works. No, I think it does work.
0: Because I thought it was a desert at first. I was yeah. like, oh, it's a good desert.
1: I thought it was done at the beach at first, but I'm pretty sure it is just a quarry somewhere. Or like a disused one that's now sand or something like that. Classic
0: BBC in the quarries. When are we seeing the quarries coming back to Doctor Who? Oh, God.
1: Please, no. (laughs) The the new series of Doctor Who actually does have just sort of like barren air. I think most of those are actually sets, though, but like just barren planets.
0: Yeah. I was just all of a sudden thinking back to Hand of Fear, the only time that the quarry actually played (laughs) an actual quarry. (laughs) Anyway... Avon goes up for auction. Servalan happens to be there. Yeah. She buys Avon.
1: <laughs> well, we get okay, so we we get some backstory about like who the who are the people who buying who are buying these slaves are. Yeah. And they're sort of just like proxy dealers. They're like except each, for
0: each
1: except for Servalan. Each one of these people represents like, I think Servalan says like fifty other people somewhere else, and they're all calling in or whatever. Yeah. And you just get this panning shot of all these people, and this seriously was like I hate to rail into this, but like this seriously was just like, all right, what do we have in the in the closet that we can pull out and have well, these guys wear?
0: Call the BBC costume department, and tell them to send the five to six least destroyed costumes <laughs> they've got.
1: Yeah. Because, I mean, one, like, it was just so, they looked so mismatched is what it was. I mean, I think
0: it kind of worked, though, because I think it kind of represented that these are people from, like, all different quadrants of the galaxy coming to this auction. That's kind of how I saw it, and I didn't really have a problem with this, in my opinion.
1: I didn't have a problem with it. It just stuck out to me as, like, all right, the reasoning behind this is probably, like, all right, what do we have in that closet over there? Pull it out. You guys are wearing that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Again, I just kind of saw it as this was, like, representative of the fact there are, like, multiple cultures yeah, and sections true. of the galaxy represented at this auction. But this is where we get one of the first scenes where I'm like, man, everybody's just really lazy in this because Avon. So knee is able to slip the bracelet off of the head, the kind of slave drivers are, Arms.
1: Yeah, because he pretends name. to run up and be like, come on, you gotta buy me. This is my second time at auction. You have to, man. Come yeah, on. Yeah, it looks like
0: the only two slaves up for auction are <laughs> Avon and Nebrox.
1: <laughs> well, there's those other ones who, like, when commotion breaks out, they make a run for it. I don't know what happens to them, but. Yeah.
0: Probably dead, to be honest. Yeah. But. Avon calls up to Scorpio and is like, "Hey, beam me up!" And then Nebrox says, like, "No, you got You promised you're gonna take me with you." And then Avon's like, "Never mind. Someone come down you with an extra bracelet instead." And they're like, "You're confusing us, Avon." But okay.
1: I thought for sure from the moment Avon mentioned this plan, I thought for sure he was just gonna like look at Nebrox, laugh in his face, and get beamed up by yeah, himself. Yeah, me
0: too. Especially since he just like killed Doctor Grant. Yeah, it was Doctor Grant right? What was her name? E- I don't remember the e- name now. In Star Drive, you know the doctor yeah, at the end. Yeah, I her don't name remember was. her
1: name either. But no, he he saves Nebrox.
0: But like, kind of an old this, Avon moment. There's this scene where it's like this. This scene should not have made it to screen as it was shot because what happens is Avon. So the the two kind of guards are like knocked down on the ground, and it seems like they cut in the scene into the episode too early in the filming tape. Because they they're just standing still, and then Avon lifts his bracelet and talks into it, and then as soon as he finishes, the guards are kind of still standing still, and then they start moving. And it seems to me like this, like everybody thought, this was framed completely differently to how it was framed. It seems to me like the guards didn't realize they were on camera <laughs> when Avon was talking because they're just standing still, like right up until the moment that he stops talking, and then they attack him, <laughs> which is just like ah, really. Like, it could have worked if they'd, like, just zoomed in on Avon so they were standing off screen so that, you know, on the footage it looks like the guards, like, just happened to attack Avon when he finishes talking. (laughs) Also, again, they have that, like, you know, it's not not even, like, a second. It's, like, half a second where just at the beginning of the shot they're all just standing still waiting for something to happen. Like, and that happens multiple times throughout this episode. Yeah, it's bad.
1: It's bad. Kind of reminded so. me of Series A where there – it happened a couple times in Series A, I think, where there's just someone sort of standing in the background of, like, the Liberator set or just, you know, any set, really, and they're just kind of standing there not realizing that they're on <laughs> camera and they walk on. Yeah. But, yeah, it's it's bad, and it's it happens multiple times. There's also another moment I want to call out for, for being similar, which it's a shot. I don't remember exactly when this happens or what's said, but it's a shot of space – and there's a voiceover from Servalan and she says something and then she, like there's a like a one or two second pause and then she like finishes the line or adds yeah. on to the line and it's really yeah, I know awkward. I about.
0: And there's a couple moments with Servalan too where she's like on camera but not saying anything yet and men says her line and and it's not you know it's not just Servalan, you know, Avon does this at least once more in this episode. So yeah. Like I said, it's just like they needed to trim the fat around the edges. They, someone in the editing bay needed to trip these clips a little closer to the, uh, to what they were yeah. shooting for. <laughs> yeah, and someone you know needed to frame them a little bit better. Cause freaking David Sullivan, <laughs> proud for it.
1: Maybe, uh, maybe you need to fill up a time slot, and they're like, yeah, you know that edited version that we made and had ready to go? Yeah, we can't use that.
0: <laughs> yeah, add some extra frames from,
1: like, before the things happen. Like, uh, okay. <laughs> Extend the footage and have Jacqueline Pierce tack on an extra bit of a line. <laughs>
0: <laughs> maybe that's what happened. The line was supposed to end, and then later on they're like, no, we'll just include, like, this extra part of the line that she said. <laughs>
1: Anyway, they get back up to the Scorpio.
0: Yeah, they get up. And this is
1: where Niebrock starts living the life, man. I mean, I don't know if you've noticed this, but he goes from, like, slave to prince and, <laughs> or, like, royalty in, <laughs> like, seconds flat. I mean, he walks in. He's wearing, like, this extravagant robe, h- holding a glass of—it's you know, not adrenaline, Soma. It's something else. Wine. Wine, probably. It's that same red wine that Villa drank
0: a whole bottle of. In- oh, yeah in rescue yes, yeah. they're like all oh, choosing to this because they're like the okay we, like the exact plan avon came up with which is admittedly kind of insane he was like if we kill Servalan, then cancer won't have anyone to work for <laughs> so he won't kill us that's the plan <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but, and, but remember avon also has to kill Servalan himself so this is well, all. Well, Dana part of comes this.
0: down and she's like, "Servaland," and pulls a gun on Servaland. But then she gets attacked by a guard, and then by the time she throws the guard off, Servaland's like running away, and they get teleported up. And Dana's like upset about this, and there's a miniature temper tantrum. She's like, "I almost had her! I almost yeah, had her!" I
1: really like this. This is the best moment of like Dana and Servaland. Like, this is what their relationship should have been since Servaland killed Hal.
0: Yeah this is never like really done My favorite this way. scene of this episode because yeah. it really like drives home that characterization of Dana as like having almost a vendetta against serverland for killing her dad yeah you know rightfully so I you know I not to say right I don't know killing people is right but understandably so but until this point we've only had you know maybe one or two other scenes where Dana really Gets yeah. into it like this. And it's always
1: been sort of a subdued anger. So you can kind of see this as a as a break from that. So I can understand why, like, if you th- think this is out of place, like, it makes sense right. why that would be the case. But I liked it.
0: Yeah, I liked it too. And,
1: and you think of Dana as, like, she's always mentioned as being a teenager. So, you know, maybe that sort of subdued anger or acceptance even isn't really appropriate for her. Maybe I think this reaction is more appropriate for Dana's character.
0: Yeah, possibly. Avon has a very sly look on his face when Villa mentions Surfland at the beginning of this episode. Because he wants to kill her himself.
1: Is this the scene where Dana brings in those glasses of wine? I guess it's just yeah. wine, glasses of wine, and then gives hands them to everyone uh, except Villa? <laughs> that was funny. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, we all either, know how Villa think, gets when he drinks. Yeah. I don't know why Series D is making Villa out to be such an alcoholic.
1: It's kind of weird. I mean, he always was one. Was he? Yeah.
0: The only time it was ever mentioned was when they went to Space City that one time. It was and a he couple was like, times. I'm going to go drink and gamble and, and stuff.
1: Yeah, that's another thing. There's a line from in this story where Villa says, I uh, never was much for games. I was like, really? Mm. Really now?
0: What about Gambit, Villa? Are you forgetting Gambit? I <laughs> eh, just remember there's no treasure room on the Scorpio, so they wouldn't be able to go gamble anyway.
1: Yeah, true. Was Villa faking, like... Wait, what, now I'm forgetting. Was it Villa or Avon who challenged the Chess Master in Gambit? It was Villa, Villa's right? It was Villa, because yeah. Avon has to feed him yeah, all oh, the directions yeah, 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 yeah. from Orak right, right, right,
0: right, through right. the... Because yeah. there's also that scene where Avon spits his food out when it's revealed that <laughs> oh, Villa's yeah. challenging the yeah. speed chess <laughs> champ.
1: I wonder if Villa was, is like a chess master himself because he's supposed to be like a genius and he was just faking it and was like <laughs> pretending he was about to... That would be the moment where I'd stop faking it if i <laughs> if faking it's going to get me killed. Hey man, he's dedicated. <laughs>
0: He's willing to die. He's willing to die for this ruse. Wow, it's <laughs> extreme. That's hardcore. <laughs> I didn't realize Villa was so hardcore. <laughs> anyway, but,
1: yeah, I really like this break because this is harkens back to like series A and B, where there's more of an A plot and B plot <laughs> in the episodes. What, what was that? <laughs> it was a pun. Yeah, but A that- <laughs> plot and B plot. See, <laughs> it's it's a response to a pun. I'm not going to like, laugh out loud. LOL. I'm not going to lamau <laughs> out loud at a pun, just to <laughs> erase that. I don't want to go on the record as having said that.
0: No, I'm going to leave that in now. <laughs> oh, You're not going to lamau. A lamau.
1: You're not going to raffle. <laughs> ruffle copter. I'm not going to roll on the floor, raffling. <laughs> department of Redundancy
0: Department. <clears throat> I'm
1: not going to loll out loud at a pun. I'm just going to sort of... <laughs> all
0: right.
1: I regret all of what I just said, <laughs> by the way. <laughs>
0: Zenith. A podcast of regret.
1: You should just pull a Chaucer at the end of this and re- redact everything. Like how Chaucer at the end of... At the end of the Canterbury Tales redacts his entire life's work, like all of his writing.
0: It's just we like in just the last sentence, by the way,
1: I redact all of this.
0: Get to the final episode of this podcast and then just delete it off the <laughs> internet.
1: The limited time to access this. <laughs> put it up on, like, uh, I don't know, put it up for sale for like thousands.
0: <laughs> we wouldn't be able you to know, know, get we wouldn't, make, we wouldn't make
1: any money. I would never want to make any like money from podcasts anyway. You know, the
0: only money I'd want to make from this is to so, to like just pay for the hosting for all this. So it would be a monetarily neutral, even that, hobby, but
1: even that, I mean, even the honestly, amount we're paying
0: isn't that is like a reasonable rate. So, yeah.
1: I mean, I would rather pay for that. Like it's, it's not like I can afford it. So I'd rather pay for it out of yeah. pocket. It just rubs me the wrong way. Like when people set up Patreons for podcasts and stuff like that, which I mean, I understand why people do it, but yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean I understand it more now that we've burned ourselves out doing two weekly podcasts <laughs> yeah. for a year. <laughs> for free. <laughs> not even for free. We're paying you for you to listen to it. well, we're not paying you directly, but we're paying for you to listen to this, basically. Anyway. They see cancer ship, which has a big crab on the side, which is kind of how <laughs> I realized it was cancer's ship, because it's like, oh, it's a crab, it's cancer. Nobody in this episode seems to pick up on that. Astrology might have gone out of fashion in the future.
1: Maybe. I mean, Cancer obviously knows what's going on with the crab logo and, and you know, Cancer. But he they, also has a crab logo on his shirt. It's a little on yeah. point, but that was just, you know, the fake Cancer. I forget, does does the real Cancer have a crab logo? I think she does. Mm-hmm. I think, I don't, I don't remember. I don't
0: know. No, but that little crab spider thing transforms into like a crab pin.
1: Yeah, 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 that's what it is.
0: They land on the ship, Avon and Tarrant land. This is an interesting pairing that I want to see more of, actually. I like the Avon-Tarrant pairing. It's pretty fun.
1: Yeah, I do too. Especially with Tarrant trying to be in control and being so, like, not in control. Being that's so incompetent
0: not in. that Avon just slaps him down, like, yeah. verbally. Verbally massacres him every time he tries to take command.
1: But we see sort of this just this guy standing off in the corner. And when they... When Avon and Tarrant, that is, get into the... Well, he's set up like a, bridge. a dummy...
0: On the bridge. He set up like a dummy. Right, and you right, gotta right, attack right, the right. dummy.
1: A Travis dummy. <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, well it looks that was of, what I like was thinking. thinking. Croucher's Travis
0: outfit. Well, so that's what I was thinking for the Terry Nation thing for this. I was like, well, maybe cancer would be Travis if Terry Nation built this and he would bring Travis back. But you we'll know, talk I don't about know that how, at the I end. I don't know
1: how that would work, but we'll get into that.
0: He brought what? freaking Davos back no, all but the time. Oh, like not
1: even bringing Travis back? Well, oh yeah, I guess he could. Well, we'll get into that.
0: We'll talk about that later. Just That's just something that I was hypothesizing when I was thinking about. Yeah. Terry Nation writing this but then Cancer's like haha I got you but then he gets attacked by this girl woman I'm not sure of her age she's of indeterminate age
1: yeah she sort of sort of just looks like kind of weakly knocks him out and it's not the first like really weak and poorly delivered like hit in this story looking at you Su Lin but like that slap, and Argy mentioned this in her email. That slap was just pathetic. Like, come on, put a, at least a minimal amount of effort into it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've been slapped before for wow. acting purposes, oh, okay, on stage. And I just told the person slapping me to just like just 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 like actually slap me. It'll be funnier if you just like slap me full force. It'll be really funny. And did it was. They? People laughed, and yeah, they did. And my glasses flew off my face yeah. when they slapped me, and it was pretty funny, like I suspected it would be. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so Cancer gets knocked out when we meet Peary, who is ostensibly uh, a, slave. a slave that Cancer bought for presumably... Sex. S- yeah. <laughs> wasn't going to say that, but yeah, I was going to imply it. Sex. Like, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, because she says something like, he was going to celebrate with me when he had killed you. So... Right.
1: But she says all he's done, like, after bringing her on the ship is just sort of ignore her. <laughs> so, they're like, well, that's that, I guess. Yeah, they're
0: like, well, we'll just wait for Servaland now, and we'll kill her when she comes to find out if Cancer won. It's like, okay, sounds good. And how'd you like this, this
1: set? Because I thought it was really good.
0: I thought it was really good, and I really liked the lighting later on when Avon is walking through the corridors looking for Cancer. There's, like, red, orange, and blue lighting in the corridors which I thought looked really good.
1: Yeah, this was a great set for Cancer. I almost wish they used this set for like for Servaland. But in a way I get sir, like I get it like Servaland's Servaland, chose more
0: practicality on a bridge. Yeah. Cuz this bridge if you think about it is pretty impractical. Uh the consoles kind of like angled the wrong way.
1: <laughs> sort of looks like there's a lounge area just in the bridge, which yeah. was true of the Liberator yeah, was as say, well. it's true of the
0: Liberator, but the Liberator's bridge was huge. Yeah. Like, that bridge was massive.
1: <laughs> we do actually get a better look at Servaland, the interior of Servaland's ship. Is yeah. Much better than we've actually gotten, especially because he walks from one end of it to the other. And we see that Zen computer thing in the background.
0: Yeah, that Zen-esque computer that's probably way worse than Zen. Yeah. It's probably on par with Slave <laughs> in terms of yeah, usefulness. for sure.
1: I mean, if it isn't way worse than Zen, like, come on, what are you doing, Servaland? Like, you should have caught them by now if you have a computer as good as Zen.
0: Slave doesn't say anything in the story, does he?
1: I don't think so, no.
0: Interesting. I think Peter Tunningham's still credited in the credits as Slave, though.
1: Yeah, it's probably just a standard thing that they do for all the episodes.
0: Yeah. So, what happens? They lock Cancer up and Nibrox. <laughs> Nibrox. <knee blocks. laughs> See, he just decides to, like, go explore or something. I, I don't really remember. So what happens is Seabree and Nebrox... Piri? Piri, sorry. Why do I call this Seabri? Piri and Nebrox decide against, like, all common sense that they'd rather stay on Cancer's ship than go back to the Scorpio. And this should have been an immediate red flag. <laughs> this should have been an immediate red flag to <laughs> Avon and Tarrant because Piri's just like, yeah, I'd rather stay here. I feel safer on this ship. This... This should have been throwing up red flags left, right, and center. And Nebrox also is like, I want a steak, so I want to make sure the little girl is alright. Hey, like, okay, Nebrox. He's like, we share a common bond because we were both slaves. Navon's like, sure, Nebrox, whatever you want. Look, as soon as we're done here, we're getting rid of you, so
1: <laughs> But they go off to I think Cancer's room. Yeah. Which should be another, like, we Which should be red another flag. red flag been thrown up here. Especially because this scene, this is the scene where I was like, okay, you know, she's cancer. Because Piri in this scene says some pretty questionable things to Nirox. I don't remember what they are, but she they're does. very suspicious.
0: But, you know, what really th- threw it up to me is, like, that Cancer gets captured so easily and immediately in my head I was like there's no way that's actually cancer either Nebrox or Piri is actually cancer and this is like part of their plan yeah and I thought for sure it was going to be Nebrox for some reason I don't know why but then Nebrox completely eats it (laughs) okay Piri's cancer
1: unless Nebrox was the one orchestrating this all from behind the scenes and also orchestrated his own death into this so that he could enact his plan Headcanon, I'm going with it
0: I also thought almost there might be a situation where all three of them are cancer and cancer was like a pseudonym passed between multiple different people and yeah for that sure. was how they kind of built up this legend that cancer was like infallible and could do all these things because it was actually like multiple people and not just one which is a concept I've seen uh, in a different show and I'm I'm kind of forgetting where I saw it before now that's
1: that was my, I mean I wasn't gonna say this but I'm just gonna say it now that you bring it up but that was my idea for like an actual Like, all right, let's sit down and write this Serious Time Blake 7 fan fiction. My idea is is Blake. It's it's called Blake 7, and there's seven different Blakes, and they, you know. Hmm. I mean, now I'm not going to go through with it because I just said it, and also I'm really lazy, and I don't want to write it, but...
0: submitted for your fantasy Blake 7 for the end of the yeah, show. Yeah, I, I
1: probably am going to do that.
0: They're waiting for Servaland to show up, but then Nebrox completely eats it. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, that's kind of weird because Su Lin had the key to the door that they were keeping cancer in, but Nebrox opened the door.
1: Yeah, you know what? Now that we're discussing this, they should have been alerted far sooner that Well, Su Lin, cancer. Su
0: Lin takes forever to pick up on the fact <laughs> that she stole the key from her and she's like, oh, that's it. cancer.
1: Su Lin kind of just, when they go off, she just sits down and has like a good think about all of this. (laughs) Like, they know impending danger is like, is coming for them. A good think sometimes (laughs) can be illuminating. (laughs) I think that happens right about now, actually.
0: Well, yeah, because Cancer's gone MIA, and Avon's like, okay, well, my new plan is let's just fly this hunger junk to Xenon base, and then we'll just leave the ship, and then either he can come out of the ship and face us or he can starve to death in here. And Tana's like, sure. Uh, But then they have engine trouble, and they're like, well, that's kind of weird. And (laughs) then what happens is they decide to go out looking for Cancer, and Piri stays on the bridge, Ben then Piri leaves, well, we don't know this, but Piri leaves and knocks out Avon, and also we see a little spider crawling up to Su Lin, and her hand is, like, on the table. But then yeah. she has, like, an epiphany and, like, puts her hands up in a legitimate, like, oh, <laughs> fashions. Of the, and then the spider looks, I don't know how you make, like, a spider-slash-crab thing look disappointed, but this, this like, spider-crab <laughs> looks really disappointed
1: yeah i think it was supposed to be like a little mini crab. it looked almost like a scorpion actually rather than a spider or a crab but it looked like a
0: spider in this shot and then later on when she puts it on avon it looked like a scorpion but then out loud she describes it as a crab and i was like what the hell is well, this thing you know
1: i think what it was supposed to be is like it's it's like a it was a hairpin right like a a hairpin that turns in. it's a mechanical like spider thing that yeah. also doubles but like they obviously couldn't achieve that, so they just had it transition from being like this, you mm-hmm. know, obviously inanimate object to this, like, spider thing.
0: The transition effect was pretty cool, though. Yeah, it was cool. Give that. Ben Sulin well, Piri's like, well, I'm going to kill you now, Avon. And then Surlang comes on and is like, hey, you know, it's pity you hey. got caught, Avon. Sorry you're going to have to die to Piri like this, to cancer, but uh, turns out you're not smart enough. She's like, "Yep, I'm going to kill him now." And then she's like, "Sorry, Avon. Then it has to end this way." But then Su Lin runs in. This is okay, this was hilarious. By the way, Cancer, the the fake Cancer is just chilling there and Peri explains that she was just an actor that Servland bought from the slave market right. for her.
1: He was just going along with this. It's like, well, I guess this is my best bet or, you know, whatever.
0: But this is hilarious. Su Lin runs in and then flicks the, the oh, yeah. crab off of Avon with her yeah. gun. And it lands on <laughs> Cancer's arm and bites her. And then she screams and she's like, <laughs> ah. This is another kind of lazy moment because uh, this whole scene is just kind of like, there's no energy yeah. behind the whole just, thing. It, it feels really very shot. flat. Yeah.
1: We didn't mention the extremely weak slap that that Linus oh, Barber yeah. does, and that
0: whole scene where, that whole scene where they're in the bridge, and what
1: Peary breaks down or
0: no, she slaps her, but then like Sulin turns to Tan and is like, "You just need a good slap to sort out a hysterical woman." Oh, There's right. only two
1: ways to sort oh, out right. a hysterical
0: woman: you gotta oh, slap right. her or you kiss her. And I wasn't about to kiss her, and Tan's like. Yeah, well, we men don't do that. And Sulean's like, yeah, when men uh, fight, it's it's just good old boys having fun, right? And then Tarrant proceeds to immediately fight with Avon right <laughs> after that.
1: There's also, we skipped the entire sort of subplot where Tarrant is like really into Piri. <laughs> so, stuff, yeah. And he's just a complete gullible fool.
0: Yeah, and Avon calls him out on this because... Tans like oh, your much vaunted brains that got us into this situation. He's like, yeah, they're almost as much trouble as your much vaunted brawn. Tans like, what do you mean by that? And is like, oh, I didn't mean anything by it. Tans like, I said, what did you mean? He's like, oh, I didn't, I didn't mean anything by it. Then they're fighting, and Sulin's like, guys, stop! <laughs> in like the least enthusiastic <laughs> way ever.
1: Yeah, and I don't know why. Like Glennis Barber, this is her first like real episode where she gets to play a real major role as her own character. And not just Callie transposed onto Suin, but she doesn't like go for it. You know, she doesn't relish it. She doesn't do what I would consider a good job with it. Well, again, I think that's just like byproduct of this whole
0: episode, just being on the cusp of greatness, but not getting there.
1: Yeah, it must have been like the directing or something. I don't know. But anyway, that's how they sort that out.
0: Yeah, the directing is really all over the place. There's a lot of really flat shots, but also a lot of like really cool shots, like the one where Avon's running through the corridors and it's lit up like orange, blue, and red. Like those kind of things look really cool. The space battle looks great, but then there's just like, you know, when she runs in and she flicks the crab off, and it's just all very flat and and yeah. lifeless. It's really weird to me, <laughs> like how it flips between that so much too. Uh, but yeah, Piri dies. She kind of overacts.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, what did you think about, God? was her Caroline something or the other?
0: Yeah, Caroline Holdaway.
1: Holdaway. Um, what did you think of her acting? Because at the beginning of this, you know, before I realized she was cancer, I was like, wow, this is a, like, not a good actor. Like, and then you realize, all right, she's she's acting this character, yeah. playing this role. So I'm like, okay, that kind of makes sense. But even still, you know, even when she becomes cancer... Mm-hmm. Is like, it's still all right, kind of overactive. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't... It was just kind of... I don't know how to describe it. Just weird. overacted. I think, is by far the best word to describe it to me, I felt like. Yeah, I think so. But then Serverland also... Reve- when she's, like, talking to Avon, Serverland says this line. She's like, oh, by the way, the whole ship is bugged. And I was like, okay, so shouldn't... Shouldn't you warn... Piri, them, that Sulin has told Tara that Piri's cancer, or do you just like want to keep that information from her?
1: Maybe she like- just doesn't. Maybe she's just like sitting back, leaning back, like, all right, how's this all going to play? Also, out? since
0: Piri's like, ah, Sulin's dead by now, like, Servalan, don't you want to, like, you want to, like, maybe tell her, her that 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 Sulin's tr- not dead? Or- <laughs> don't you want to, like, I don't know, help her out a bit?
1: <laughs> He's just totally buffing. He's like, yeah, by the way, I bugged the whole ship. Because we, the new federation, definitely have the budget and capabilities to do that. We're powerful. Yeah. I don't know. I doubt it. Though. I doubt it.
0: <laughs> Avon's then tells he contacts Scorpio and tells them to come back maximum speed. And this is like,
1: now now this they start this like race against the clock of who can get to the cancer cancer ship fastest. First, yeah. But it, again it like lacks any energy that it could have
0: had. It lacks any energy, and it has, like, the most underwhelming, like, ending to it, because the explosion is, like, yeah, the explosion's like, all right, but then, but then Serverland Celebration is, like, it's, like, everybody on the ship just left, and it's just her (laughs) and her, like, Travis Replacement for the week, and they've got a glass of, like, champagne, and they're, like, cheers, (laughs) and that's it. There's, like... She doesn't, like, actually celebrate this. Yes, and we're f- supposed to believe that Avon, Tarrant, and Dana are dead, at least for a moment, right?
1: Yeah. But I don't and buy you know, it. And, you know, actually, I was going to say, if Avon wasn't on the ship, this is a moment where you could be like, oh, like, shoot, did they just kill Sulin and Tarrant? Tarrant?
0: Yeah. But, I mean, even still, you wouldn't believe that because, like... Serverland celebration is so like yeah. underplayed. You're just yeah, like, I mean, it was, a,
1: it was a depressing work party. You ever been to a depressing work party?
0: <laughs> no. I've been to a work party in my life.
1: <laughs> well, almost all of them are depressing, so there you go.
0: But you would think Serverland just killed her biggest rival. She even says, like, a universe without Terrence and Avon is going to take some getting used to. And it just lands completely flat. Yeah. Like, yeah, I agree. And then we cut to Avon and Tarrant like lying down, in the and Scorpion like you cut our escape pretty fine man, And Dana's like, "Well, we weren't sure if we heard you right, but we, we just thought it better to assume that we did." <laughs> and then and then, I think Dana's like, "Oh, so what happened?" Villa is keenly curious to find out what happened to that little girl you had. And then Sue Lin just turns to Villa and's like, "Everything sweet has a habit of hurting you, Villa." And that's how, that's the yeah. line it ends on. Just Tant yeah. wasn't the only one who was infatuated <laughs> with Peary. Yeah. Yeah, and that's how it ends. That, that feels like a very... Even for Blake 7 ending, that lands completely flat, too.
1: <laughs> well, it does feel more like a classic. This episode as a whole, I think, felt a lot more like a classic Blake 7 episode. Like, not like a Series C, like, weird episode, not like a series D, like questionable episode, but like a classic, good old series. Good a old B series a. episode.
0: I mean, but again, For better
1: and worse.
0: I know I've said this a lot. This episode, it was like on the cusp <laughs> of being like a classic to me, and it was like it was almost there. If they just made a couple changes, you know, tightened up some of the editing, tightened up some of the the camera work, and then just maybe if Paul Darrow and Dennis Barber actually put them all into every scene, because, you know, Paul Darrow did a pretty good job in most scenes, (laughs) most, but not all, then maybe this could have been, like, really spectacular, like, really something to talk about. But as it stands, I was just kind of like, oh, man, that was good, (laughs) but, like, could have been great. I think this is one of the first episodes of Blake Seven where I've really been like, man... I'm really, like, upset at how this came out.
1: This is one of the only ones that I would really just describe as mediocre.
0: That's fair. In terms of how would Terry Nation do this episode, uh, like I said, I was thinking about this. And, you know, like you said, it feels very Series A. And, you know, for that, I feel like Terry Nation wouldn't make a lot of changes. You know, it does that thing that Terry Nation liked to do where he puts Servalan in, like, one of the first scenes of the episodes where, you know, this is going to be a Servalan <laughs> yeah. episode. You reveals Servalan right off the bat.
1: Sleer. I mean, even Avon calls her Sleer in this one.
0: Yeah, he calls her Sleer, but only once because he calls her Servalan the other yeah. time, which is interesting. Uh, but I was thinking, like, maybe Terry Nation would have had Cancer be Travis.
1: Yeah. and I'm-
0: Like, sort of a... Surprise reveal that Travis is is still, back, alive, or still alive and is now
1: not working with Servland again. He seems to switch flip-flop back and forth every week. Yeah. But, yeah, I can see that working as long as Travis isn't working with yeah so, well actually I mean yeah because Cancer was working with Servland. I mean that's about
0: as far as I think Terry Nation would have but, made this episode any different from what we got yeah
1: but that actually I mean now that I think about it more that would have been really cool because like Travis would have been going off doing his own thing you know became an assassin I guess mm-hmm. and is now working by himself but still works with Servland sometimes that would yeah. have been cool and
0: like I said that's about as far as I can see this being any different if Terry Nation wrote it and Even that is only like Terry Nation really likes to bring back. Terry Nation, I think, of all the writers on the show, likes to have that recurring villain the most. Uh, When you look at when Terry Nation starts to write less episodes, I think there's a pretty obvious trend that Silverland and Travis tend to become less of a focus of the series than they were in, say, Series A and, and much of Series B. You know, Series C is when Terry Nation really starts to drop off writing episodes. Yeah. And for that reason, I feel like this episode... You know, the only difference I can come up with is that, you know, cancer is Travis, and then otherwise I think it plays out in much the same way. Uh, maybe you know, Peary is the actor in this, and Travis is controlling things from behind the scenes, and then he pops out. It's like I'm cancer. again, like Keon said, kind that like line's very Star Wars. Past. Yeah, <laughs> kind of like Voice from the Past, but. That line is very Star Wars, and is like, No, I am Cancer. And Avon's like, Does she Wop. say
1: that exactly? I don't remember.
0: She says, I am Cancer. Huh. Or I'm Cancer, I think she says. Yeah. So, yeah. Those are my thoughts on uh, the Terry Nation version of Assassin.
1: Yeah, I didn't have. I mean, like, I think I agree that this would have been very similar had Terry Nation written it. And. Yeah, I mean, I it's didn't interesting didn't that major that, for this.
0: Yeah, our Terry Nation <laughs> segment for this series seems to be a Terry Nation will do Series A again, <laughs> but slightly different.
1: Well, that's what he did for Series B. I mean, and, yeah. and C to some extent, to some extent at least, although less so, far less so actually. It is. Actually not really, It's take interesting. That back. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> Series
0: C is so far from... Me. I was going to say, it's interesting that a lot of these episodes are feeling very Terry Nation-esque, and I think that probably comes down to the fact that Terry Nation established the style, quote unquote, of Blake Seven when he wrote every episode of Series A. Yeah. You know, and the really weird like experimental episodes tend to come from someone like the ones that like break the mold of of Series A, Terry Nation, Blake Seven tend to come from someone like Chris Boucher or uh, sometimes Bob Holmes but not often. (laughs) Uh, Alan Pryor I think also kind of breaks the mold quite a bit too. All right, so we have two emails and one comment on the website this week to respond to. We're just going to... We're going to do the emails first in the order they arrived, and then we'll do the comment on the website. So the first email that arrived was from RG. Actually, it's all the other way around. First email that arrived was from Sergeant Reno, beating out RG by exactly, I think, 58 minutes, I want to oh, wow. say, or 57 <laughs> minutes. Huh. So... Sergeant Drano. Yeah, Subject line is assassin. Hey, guys. So, assassin. Costume changes. I like Tarrant, Villa, and Sulin's outfits better, but Avon and Dana's not so much. You? What the hell is that Federation captain wearing? <laughs> Lol, Avon pretending to be a nice victim. Hey, Avon gets thrown in with the first doctor. And Avon actually keeps his word to rescue the guy. Yeah, after freaking Star Drive. That's a surprise. Yay, they remember Dana's vendetta against Serverland this week. Uh, why did they bored cancer ship instead of just shooting the crap out of it <laughs> when they opened the cockpit door why didn't they shoot the dummy in the back why did they run all the way around to the front how come cancer doesn't just shoot them as soon as they put their guns down how come Avon doesn't shoot cancer as soon as the woman attacks him bizarre staging to say the least Sulin Avon what is that terrible noise <laughs> lol so let me get this straight cancer is loose on the ship somewhere and Avon's idea is to fly cancer ship back to Zen on base why why don't they all just call Scorpio back teleport off and blow off, blow up the ship that's the nearest thing you've had to a good idea since this business started. No, it isn't. <laughs> Lol, Avon got Spock pinched. Were you guys at all surprised by the reveal of who Cancer really is? So fake Cancer was an actor ridiculously dedicated to his role and real Cancer's <laughs> plan was to get them to take her back to Xenon base, which they were going to fly the ship there earlier, but Serbline disabled the system. So all in all, a sloppy episode, not exactly cringeworthy, but full of Lost Jedi levels of stupid plot holes, two out of seven. Sergeant Drainer Stations out of the door. P.S., when you guys finally do get done with Blake 7, I highly recommend your next series be Lex. Set up kind of similar crew, of Renegades, super ships, really dark plots, pretty good humor too, not over long, four series just like Blake 7, 61 episodes compared to Blake 7, 52. overarching plots, great characters. Most importantly, I think it would fit well with you guys' discussion style. It also hasn't been done overly much in the world of podcasting.
1: Yeah, uh, no, yeah, let's just go in order.
0: Yeah, let's go in order because I was gonna, I wanted to counsel some of your questions uh, with my understanding of the plot why do they board cancer ships instead of just shooting the crap out of it? Uh, because Avon said he wanted to use cancer as bait to get to Serverland. Uh, he wanted to capture cancer because he wanted to trade cancer for Serverland at that point, because at that point.
1: He had to kill her himself. Yeah.
0: He wanted to kill Serverland and he couldn't get to Serverland before uh, they got capped, before they. before cancer got put on their tail. So he decided he was going to try to use cancer as bait to lure out Serverland, which is why they didn't shoot the dummy. Because they needed cancer alive to get to serverland. Cancer doesn't just shoot them because cancer wants to get to Xenon base. Also, fake
1: cancer doesn't shoot them because he's just an actor who doesn't actually kill people. <laughs> he's just waiting over his head. <laughs> some of your other questions, though, I don't know if you got all of them, but I don't know. Some of them are just like, I don't know. It's a good question. Well, again,
0: like why why don't they just blow the ship up because they need cancer alive to yeah. get to serverland? Why do they decide to fly it back to Xenon base? They couldn't call Scorpio. That was just the thing. where they're the In, most was powerful, like, I guess. There was that interference with calling Scorpio. Yeah. Like, when they called Scorpio and Servaland attacked them, Scorpio didn't even know if they heard them right. So there was some sort of implication that they couldn't even contact Scorpio anymore.
1: Yeah, well, I guess it's just to, to rendezvous slash, right. like, go back to where they're at their most powerful. Yeah. Regroup, so to but, uh, speak. But you
0: rated the same thing as animals. Uh
1: know about that
0: i wouldn't even put them close also you described animals like in a way more negative light than you did assassin in this email which makes me wonder about your email your grading scale (laughs) so (laughs) i can but all in all i think you do actually make some good points you know i do think you have good points about the idea not being the best because i agree it's not (laughs) uh you know and there are some questionable things in the episode i'm glad that avon keeps his word to, to save
1: Yeah, I mean, like we mentioned before, we were pretty surprised and pretty unsurprised at the reveal of who cancer is. Well,
0: you were less surprised than me because I thought it could be the guy whose name I'm forgetting now because it's been a week. But then once he ate it, I was like, yeah, well, (laughs) she's cancer.
1: As for Lex, the show you recommend, we've been getting a lot of recommendations for Mm -hmm. shows we should watch and, and record podcasts about recently. And, you know, I've been replying to people in this way, and I don't think we've ever really talked about it too in detail mm-hmm. on recording, and we're probably not going to do so right now, but we've been thinking, throwing ideas around there about starting a general science fiction slash fantasy podcast where we'd yeah. watch probably mostly older shows, uh, yeah. sort of and in Not line, necessarily only British. Not necessarily only British, but I think we'd lean towards that. Probably. You know, just as something we can set up where we don't have to set up a million podcasts to watch a bunch of different things. But yeah, and also
0: for smaller shows like The Prisoner which only has like... 18. 18 episodes. 17, I don't
1: know, something like that. I and wouldn't want to do a podcast on The Prisoner, though. I mean, it's... But just as an
0: example, yeah, a show that, a, that has yeah, like sure. such a trivial amount of episodes that making a podcast about it would be like... It'd be more effort than sure, yeah. the episodes would warrant.
1: And that would be a seasonal thing, right? It wouldn't be yeah. like this, where it's every single week. Because Yeah,
0: we would do like... A, you know, an iTunes supports seasons now. So it was season and a season quote of the podcast would be like the entire run of one of these shows right. and then there like would season be a great one The
1: Prisoner season yeah. two you know whatever the case may be
0: X-Files or whatever X-Files It's a huge show but that was just the first sci-fi <laughs> show I thought of that wasn't Prisoner
1: not necessarily just sci-fi, too. I think we can branch out into like more fantasy and horror type stuff. Yeah. Maybe even real... I don't know. I don't know. Uh,
0: well, I think we'd want to save anything sitcoms. that's like realistic or sitcoms for its Police own podcast. Police procedurals definitely would have to have its own podcast, I think. <laughs> so then we have an email from RG, Dear Zenith Assassins. Uh, that murder was unconfirmed. I, I was never, I was never <laughs> indicted for that murder. The way Jacqueline oh, Pierce God. walks while she is wearing her black dress in Assassins is delicious. Was it smart to leave all the young ones unsupervised on Scorpio? They'll just giggle and muck around the whole time. The whole they only put you up twice, then crosses neck with finger stick makes a little logical sense to me. Wouldn't they just sell off unwanted slaves extremely cheaply? Any money is better than a dead slave. The Slave Auction with Serbland is one of my favorite Blake Seven scenes, an instant of of how to do exposition in an entertaining way. Pretty sure I saw a lot of it on blooper reels too. Avon's fellow prisoner is another good actor in this episode. It's Richard Handel. Fungus Soup is very reminiscent of food in the Doctor Who story The Green Death. The slave owner has an amazing six-pack. you just saying nice tumble work from Dana to coin a phrase. Pretty sure Avon isn't the first person to say that. I like how Avon just sits there and watches Tarrant rumble cancer. Sulin does the weakest slap I've ever seen on his yeah. hysterical friend. Come on, girl, put some muscle into it. First rule of horror films, never split up. Sulin decides to conveniently sit on the floor. I did get fooled the first time I watched this and didn't realize who Cancer was. I must confess that I always find the scene where Sula inflicts the crab onto Cancer then she dies to be hilarious.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was.
0: <laughs> Drinks all around at the end except for Villa. Where is he gone? Was Michael Keating sick that day? I quite like this episode. Down and safe, RG. Uh, in regards to the only put you up twice, I disagree that any money's better than a dead slave, especially when you... paying to feed the slave slave, you paying to keep them somewhere right unless you own the building but even still that space that could be taken up by a slave that'd be sold off quicker sure from a strictly economics standpoint
1: (laughs) yeah yeah
0: (laughs) which is a cruel way to look at it but the slaver doesn't seem to have any empathy so
1: i mean you have to basically lack any like Feeling for your fellow man, man, humans to like be involved as a slaver, anyway, right? I mean, yeah,
0: like, I agree. Otherwise, good points. Nice, you brought up some Doctor Who connections there, which we're always looking for. Fungus soup looking like the green death, <laughs> and yeah, that scene where Sulin runs in and flips the crab is completely yeah. hilarious. If you listen to our episode, you realize that we couldn't keep it together when you described that scene, so. <laughs> And now we finish off with one last little comment from David on our website. There was originally a plan for a season arc where the crew were trying to recruit experts to their cause, which is abandoned early on. Some of this survived in the episodes. Dr. Plaxton, Justin, and Muller, for example. I suppose they dropped it because it would become predictable and boring pretty quickly.
1: We talk about this more next week, Mm -hmm. but it seems like they just dropped...
0: An explicit reference to that.
1: Right. Because it seems like a lot of that is still in there. They're still going around, they're still trying to recruit Justin, trying trying to recruit Mueller, mm-hmm. Plaxton. We just don't ever get like that little tidbit of like, all right, here here's the mission, guys.
0: Yeah. Cause there definitely is this like recurring theme throughout the season that there's an individual's at the center of each plot. Traitor did it too with what's his name, the crazy scientist who developed the drug. Yeah. It's true. So as did did rescue with dorian
1: yeah and you know as i'm thinking about this we've made mention to like this what if scenario where Sleer is like a big reveal Mm -hmm. what if they were like trying to find Sleer for some reason because Sleer is some great genius or
0: instrumental figure like a blake like almost like a blake like figure but then they find Sleer and it's like it's actually servo yeah
1: exactly Man, that would be so good.
0: That would be so cool. <laughs> but we didn't get that.
1: Good thing we have our fantasy Blake
0: Seven it's thing true. It's planned. a good thing we have Fantasy Blake Seven, which is a perfect segue into describing what that is. Basically, we're asking for our fans to, and you know, even if you're not a fan of Zenith, you can you can email us, I guess.
1: Yeah, anyone, email, uh, Facebook, Twitter, or we'll leave a comment, comment on the, on the website. website.
0: Just you know kind of pitching your fantasy version of Blake 7 like fantasy football but for Blake 7 right so playing the characters who would you have doing scripts script editing producer whatever you want
1: story ideas story ideas you can set this in like you know an alternate history where series E happened, I guess, yeah. or like a, a reboot or something. You know, you just you can do whatever you or want. Or like
0: with. from the 80s, like in the era of Blake 7, if you could cast anyone, who would do it? If you could draw from any era, who would you cast? Yeah. You can do whatever you want with it, really. <laughs> like it's very open-ended, and it's open-ended intentionally. Right. And on our final episode, which we'll be releasing the week after The Way Ahead, we'll be releasing one final wrap-up episode for Zenith. Our mad episode we will be going over people's fantasy uh, kind of... Blake Seven will be pitching our own as well. Yeah,
1: and just reflecting on the and podcast, just reflecting probably. on
0: the podcast and the show, and
1: looking back fondly
0: on what we've done.
1: <laughs> looking back fondly on how we burned ourselves out. <laughs> so again, the four sort of channels you can yeah. you can pitch your idea on or email, mm-hmm. Facebook, Twitter, and leaving a comment on the website. Anyway. You can email
0: us at drdecutivevegetable.com. Questions, comments, concerns, angry events, love letters, your thoughts on Assassin. At least it's obvious again this week what the one-word yeah. title refers to. You can find us on YouTube at Decorative Vegetable. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Google Play at Trust Your Doctor. Be sure to leave a rating if you like the show.
1: Check us out on Facebook. Trust Your Doctor. Like us on Facebook. Also check us out on Twitter at Podcast and follow us on Twitter. And next time, we're watching games. But until then, the end.